Memories are my work, 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 work. Oh, I forgot I need to platform this. Oh, yeah, you gotta make sure that you don't have to be all hunched over to get the microphone really close to your mouth so that they can hear everything that we're saying. Do you think that I should just hold the microphone like this <laughs> no, for, <laughs> for the entire time? Hello. It looks like Mike Wazowski, honestly. It does look like Mike Wazowski. Mm-hmm. Mike Wazowski. That was really good. Hello. Hi. Welcome. We're back. We are back with the Beer This Podcast. How was everyone's February starting? Did you all watch the Super Bowl halftime show? Because we did. We did. Who were you rooting for in the Super Bowl? You an Eagles fan, a Kansas City fan, a food fan? A Rihanna fan. Rihanna fan. I was rooting for Rihanna. I was too. I was so torn with the Super Bowl because... I can't root for the Chiefs because they're in our division. Same. And I just can't root for the Eagles. Same. Because they're the Eagles. So. So. We, you know, I went to bed and slept the same way that I would have slept if the Eagles won. I didn't lose any sleep over it. That's you know, good. The Chiefs, the Eagles, go sports. It's <laughs> it's nice to be in a non-stressful situation. Totally. Because as fun as it is to watch the Broncos or, you know, you want your team in there, but it's really stressful. It is really stressful, especially when your team's not that good. Like our team is right, right now. now. We Actually, love the Broncos, but. We love the Broncos. They might, uh, you know, they might be turning the corner with their new coach. They could be. Sean Payton. We'll see. Bring us home. Bring us home. <laughs> Let's ride. Broncos country. <laughs> well, speaking of Broncos country. Beer. Beer. Beer this. Beer this. We are back with the Beer This podcast. My name is Amanda. And I'm Amy. And we are just two Denver natives that love craft beer and wanted to kind of talk about the Denver beer scene and share the wonderful world of Denver and all of the craft breweries and all of the craft breweries that do really amazing things for our community and contribute really heavily to our community with all of you guys. I think you summed it up great. Yeah. That's what we stand for, who we are. And if you love beer, come on and listen. Yeah. Crack a cold one and we'll see where we end up. So typically how we like to start our episodes is with a beer that we've had recently, Mm -hmm. a new beer that we've enjoyed. So Amanda, what beer have you had recently that you've enjoyed? The beer that I had most recently that I really enjoyed was actually at Caramelized Beer Night. 
which we will talk about later. It was awesome. You may have heard us refer to it in prior episodes as Hot Beer Night at New Terrain Brewery. Shout out New Terrain. Woo woo. I think that they maybe, I mean, I thought Hot Beer Night was like fun and interesting, but maybe it kind of gave the wrong message. So they rebranded it to Caramelized Beer Night. And the, I had a couple of beers that evening, but the one that I was most impressed with was the B.A. Shadowland. B.A. stands for barrel aged. It was a barrel aged imperial stout that was aged in Laws bourbon and rye barrels. And it was so good. Honestly, like pre-caramelization, stouts are good. I love a good stout. I do too. The deep winter is definitely the right time to drink a stout when you feel like you need the nourishing aspect of eating an entire loaf of bread it's thick it's thick she's thick yeah you you know when you really just like want your beer to have some weight a stout is a good beer to order and i'm not saying i wouldn't normally order a stout but usually i lean towards like pale ales ipas Mm. you know you've you've heard it all here but this was very good and especially with the caramelization that happened when they placed the hot beer poker in this stout just made it like so sweet and creamy and it was it was a real treat it was delicious I kind of compare the stout because I feel the same way about stouts Mm -hmm. as you do and I kind of compare it to having soup or shepherd's pie in the summer yeah yeah it's like I'm not trying to have summer shepherd's pie summer stew yeah it's it's delicious in the winter and sometimes it depends on my mood but I agree I mean when it's chilly out and it's kind of a comfort beer and it's got the sweet sweet flavor to it as well and that one was delicious too because it was sweet but it wasn't overly sweet absolutely it was very good it was definitely a good treat Mm -hmm. and I'm stoked to have drank it what about you Amy, what is a beer that you've had recently that you enjoyed? Yeah, so I'm going off the same night, same night as the as Amanda as the caramelized beer night, and I will say I enjoyed this beer uncaramelized, if mm. that makes sense. I liked it caramelized as well. It was very tasty, and I could see why they had that as a caramelized offering. Mm-hmm. But I liked it just as it was. The one I had, it's called the Terra Firmer. And it's version 10, also from Nutrain, of course. And essentially, it was a mold Cabernet fruited sour ale. It was good. I had a sip and it was... It was tasty. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has flavors of cranberry and cinnamon. So, you know, of course, very along the lines of a mold wine. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I've only had mold wine once and it was not a great experience. Mm. So I was really going on the limb. Getting, yeah. getting this mold wine sour. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is going to be... You had no idea what it was going to be like. And it was delicious. It was really good. It was a really nice balance of like like soury, whiny. It almost didn't taste like a beer, honestly, but in a good way. Yeah, it was yeah. a good mix. And I always get nervous when cinnamon is a flavor mm-hmm. in a beer. Well, a flavor or a note or, you know, Mm -hmm. because I had a little, you know, as we all do, had a bad experience with Fireball. Yep. 
And we've all been there. Oh, I just don't want a cinnamon stick experience. I also worked at a place that had cinnamon stick scented Mm. candles Mm. and so I love cinnamon but I get nervous and it was very tasty I was pleasantly surprised it was a great experience and we will talk about that a little bit later but what we will talk about first is if you listen to episode four you will remember we spoke about New Belgium New Belgium yeah New Year New Belgium and we mentioned this in episode four that is way too big of an operation and there's way too much to talk about for it to be just one episode. Absolutely. So we're following up it up with episode two. This is New Year, New Belgium, part two. Yeah. The February edition, if you will. The February edition. I like it. And we still will not cover everything about New Belgium in this episode. There will be more to talk about in future episodes. But in this episode, we really want to dive into New Belgium as they run as a company and the organizations that they support uh, in a charitable sense and the work that they do for the community with climate change, all, all the things that they do to help the community. All of the many things. Yeah. The beer of the episode for New Belgium is the Accumulation IPA. It's really fun. It's got the seasonal release listed on the front, and they crossed out C and put ski. Skeasonal release, if you will. We'll post a photo in our Instagram. We will. Yum. So good. It's delicious. Yeah. It's always been good. They redid the cans this year, and they're a little more retro than the previous cans used to be. A trailer before with like it was a trailer with a bunch of snow accumulating if you will <laughs> hence the name it. yes it was a trailer uh, now it's a little more retro i think it's very very cool they have a little a call to the accumulation on the side of the can they have some inches noted so you could like use the beer can as a measuring device for the amount of snow. I really like that. I actually didn't notice that until you just pointed it out. That's really cool. It's Mm 6.5% and it's got 70 IBUs, but I have to be honest, I don't feel like it's drinking like it has 70 IBUs. I absolutely agree. It is a quintessential hazy IPA in the sense that it it tastes like it has some body to it, but I feel like it has almost like a soft mouthfeel. It's super drinkable, like very, very drinkable. (laughs) It's it's really drinkable. Honestly, I think even if you are a person that doesn't like any bitterness, it's not that bitter. It's not too bad. It's not bitter at all. These are ice cold. Fresh out of the beer fridge. The mountains are blue. I do think that that is helping with the flavor because it just tastes very crisp. Almost crisp like you like you would feel when you're out on a snowy day, just in your mouth. I like that. <laughs> yeah. That sounds delicious. I mean... It is delicious. Yeah. Is that... Would you agree with that description? Do you maybe have a more articulate description no I would fully agree with that I wish I could relate to it on the level of skiing like having a pocket beer Mm -hmm. and just being able to pop it open 
after, you know, a great day of skiing. Mm-hmm. I've only been skiing three times. So I will compare it to maybe like a day of winter hiking or snowshoeing. Mm-hmm. And it's very tasty, very refreshing. It's described as a powdery soft body and mountain fruit forward hops. Mm, soft body. Soft body. So you got it. Mm-hmm. One key thing is that it's only available during ski season. So they're not lying on the can. It's a seasonal release. A seasonal release. Which is kind of cool because we don't typically see that. I think that's a really fun thing. And the hops that are in it are Mosaic, Lotus, Strata, and Eldorado hops. Mm. And I wanted to touch on Lotus hops because we haven't really talked about Lotus. So Lotus hop is comprised of waves of orange and vanilla, followed by notes of candied grape and tropical fruit aromas. Yum. It's that's definitely I would say I can taste those flavors. Oh yeah. It's definitely emulating that and they're using London 3 yeast. Mm. Which uh, kind of a fun fact about that type of yeast, it has become synonymous with New England hazies. Mm. We would highly recommend this beer for anybody. This could be a good if you're not into IPAs, maybe a a good intro. Intro to if IPAs. You would. Yeah. I would agree. It's definitely not very hoppy. It's very smooth. I honestly could drink way too many of these. I could too. Very easily. They would be dangerous. Yeah. And the can's kind of reminding me of the... Yeah, the Mile High City. Yeah, definitely similar colors to the Mile High City, which is the Denver Nuggets Breckenridge Brewery beer that we talked about in episode two. And yeah, I'm feeling that these cans are very, um, not very similar, but they have a similar vibe. Same vibes, for sure. Well, let's just dive right in then. The first thing we wanted to talk about has been in the news a decent amount lately, and that is the Fat Tire beer, which is one of New Belgium's first beers. And we've talked about it in the last episode as kind of the craft beer that places have that don't have craft beer. You know, it's going to be what you find. It's at every liquor store in the Midwest. Like if you go to a liquor store in some small town in Illinois, in the craft beer section, if they even have a craft beer section, will likely be a six pack of Fat Tire. Yes, it's... It's everywhere, and it's in the bars, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I going to school in North Dakota, more often than not, the bars would have fat tire as an option, along with, you know, all the domestics and maybe maybe like Goose, Goose yeah. Island. But they recently changed the fat tire's recipe. Yes, right after the recording of episode four, where we talked about New Belgium for the first time and talked about the original fat tire recipe, they announced that they were changing the recipe and also altering the packaging after 32 years. It was interesting beer. timing. Yeah. It's almost We've, like they knew. Yeah, we both kind of looked at each other like, oh, that's yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, they're always doing something. They're always innovating and changing it up, doing new things. But like Amanda said, it, they're changing the packaging after 32 years it's, and the beer. It's pretty wild. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Especially being one of their flagship beers. It's crazy that they are re just like redoing it in general because I mean I feel like a lot of breweries that have been around forever just kind of like keep the keep the old thing going on you know they have their flagships and they know that they have a good thing and and I think New Belgium did too but 
they're changing it for some really good reasons. And most of it has to do with climate change. Their statement on the new fat tire can is high quality, low impact. That's awesome. So that's the message that they're getting across. And in an article on the Coloradan, they interview Katie Wallace, who's New Belgium's chief environmental, social, and governance officer. And she states that it's a tweak, but not a huge departure. I think if we can still purchase the old fat tire and then get the new fat tire and compare. That would be a fun taste test. That would be really cool. I actually think I have at least one of the old fat tires in our beer fridge right now. Okay. So it's a possibility. Yeah. If we could get our hands on a pack of the new ones, I think that that should be something we do in a future episode. So stay tuned for that. And if you have done that, please let us know and let us know your thoughts. If you've tried the new fat tire, let us know what you think. Does it taste crazy different from the old fat tire? What do you like about it? What do you maybe not like about it? Let us know. Do you think it will continue to be the craft beer where there is no craft beer? Do you think you'll still find it in the Midwest liquor stores? It'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm curious. And really, the fight against climate change, they had mentioned that 2021 was the worst barley crop year in record history. That's crazy. Because of the unrelenting heat. Yeah. So that is, I guess, not surprising, but really unfortunate. Yeah. So the changes, they include the same malts as the original recipe, but they have all new hops in the recipe. And the brew also contains raw barley. Oh, cool. So we could expand on this in our Instagram, and we'll post the links to these articles as well if you want to do a deeper dive. But I'm sure that raw barley has an effect on, you know, not having to use so much machinery, so much energy, so much resources, and kind of a cool, cool way to change it up. Definitely. And I know that they had certified that tire as the first carbon neutral beer. Yes. Is does that still continue with this new recipe? It does. Yep. Still applies. Cool. So they're still holding true to that. And I really think that speaks to them as a company because that's really what they do. They're they're a really great company. I wanted to go into their four core values and talk a little bit about that. They refer to themselves as a human-powered business, which I would absolutely agree with. So their first core value is that they do right by people. And they're talking about not only their workers, but their customers, any and all people. And an example of this, um, so they've got 1,300 workers, which is crazy. Wow, that is crazy. I... I had to step back and take a moment and remember that they are also in Nashville. I, we've been there, I don't know, I feel like I've been there probably five or six times at least. And every time I'm there, I don't ever feel like they're short-staffed or... I agree. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're trying to search for somebody. I, it feels like they've got a healthy staff and they're all really excited to be there. You can tell when you go to that brewery whether you're just sitting and having a casual beer, whether you're doing a tour, you can tell that the workers love their jobs and that they're excited to be there, which I think is really all you can ask for. And core value two, we make world-class beer for everyone. So Amanda, do you want to guess how many medals they've won at Great American Beer Fest? Is it more medals than years that they've been a company? Yes. Is it less than 40? 
Yes. I'm going to guess 36. You were so close. 34. That's a lot. That's a lot of medals. That's almost (laughs) one medal per year. It's pretty crazy. And they won, if you guys remember from episode four, the first medal they won was the gold for the Abbey Ale in 1993. And their most recent is the gold for their Trapel in 2021. Nice. So very recent. They they just make such good beer. And like we talked about before, they have really good variety as well. I agree. Even besides like what they can and distribute, I feel like if you go to the brewery, they always have something that's like really interesting on tap or like a few things that are really interesting in the works as well. They do. Yeah, they have some fun experimentations and... They do the beer so well, so well, in fact, that they can have varieties of the same beer, like the Voodoo Ranger, as we talked about, and they're all delicious. So the third core value is we inspire social and environmental change, which is huge. It's, we'll go into more, but for example, in 2015, New Belgium partnered with POW, which stands for Protect Our Winters. And Ben and Jerry's to brew an ice cream inspired beer, which sounds so good. Amazing. (laughs) I wish I knew about this in 2015 because I would have tracked that down. I would have too. Yeah, to try and find some. I would have driven from college down to Colorado for that. Absolutely. Because I was, what, probably 20 at the time and lived off of cosmic brownies and mini corn dogs. Yes. And you could have added a. Salted caramel brownie brown ale into that rotation. See, this, that sounds amazing. (laughs) It sounds so good. It sounds so thick and like, (laughs) just like a a great thing to drink in the winter. And I mean, you know, they did the ice cream flavor, right? If they had Ben and Jerry's. Mm. Ben and Jerry's. They took $50,000 of the profits that they made from that beer and donated it to the Protect Our Winters organization. And they came back and did the same thing in 2016. This time they brewed a different beer, which was a chocolate chip cookie dough ale. That's my favorite flavor of ice cream, in case anybody is wondering. That's Kevin's favorite flavor of ice cream as well. delicious. I would go for either, honestly. Yeah. But... Come on. That sounds so good. So good. So, and it's for a great cause. So they're making delicious beer and they're helping protect our winters. So really cool. They also have their fourth and final core value, which is just, we have a hell of a lot of fun. So an example of this, ten um, on your 10 and 20 year anniversary, if you work for New Belgium, you have a paid sabbatical. That's awesome. Which is crazy. That is the only company that I know that does that. That is so cool. I mean, do you know how long the sabbatical is? I don't. Okay. But I will look it up. Yeah. And we can put it on our Instagram. And as we discussed in episode four, if you work there for just one year, bikes are provided. A bike is provided to you. That's amazing. So really fun ways to excite their workers and keep people working there they have really low turnover rates Um, I can imagine with some perks like that and with the just the beliefs that they have I can see why people stick around because you want to be inspired by the company you work for it's you can go to work every day and just kind of be 
oh, I guess I'm just going to go and do it. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, you start thinking about, hey, like, do I actually like what I'm doing? Do I like what the company stands for? Yeah. So I think that they've done a really good job and they feel very genuine. It doesn't feel like, oh, we're doing this for show. It's, I agree. You know, they, they actually care um, a lot about people and the environment and how they're impacting it. So I just have a couple of other fun facts relating to New Belgium as a company. They did not lay off a single worker during COVID-19. That's amazing. Especially for such a large company. That is just really wonderful. It's it's great. And especially in an industry that was heavily impacted when we talk about restaurants, hospitality industry, it's tough. I remember picking up to-go beers. Yeah. But... Being so sad, walking in these breweries and like all the chairs are stacked on the tables. And And uh, they have one person working behind the bar. Yeah. Just handing out people's orders, basically. It's pretty crazy. And it's even crazier to think that they were able to retain. Yeah, everyone. That's amazing. So that is awesome. They also, and we mentioned this in the last episode as well, they are also B Corp certified. And we'll add the link in the Instagram post because you can go on there and look at their score. And it's kind of interesting. I didn't really want to explain it over the podcast because it would just be kind of regurgitating information. But you should go look at their uh, score in a little bit more of the description. It's, okay. it's really cool. So we'll, we'll post that link in there. Some a little bit more about their climate work. They have the goal to become carbon-free by 2030. Wow. So not just Fat Tire being the first carbon-neutral beer, but they want to be completely carbon-free. That's amazing. That's a great goal. They seem like a company that's on track to actually do that as well. I agree. They're making a lot of big changes, and you can tell that they're not just saying that. It's actually something they're implementing. Of course, given the nature of their business and how the business came to be, if you remember, it started with a bike ride in Belgium. They are really... All about bikes and they have distributed over nine million dollars to bicycle advocacy nonprofits in the United States. Yeah. It's a lot of beer. That is a lot of beer. <laughs> wow. And really cool. I mean, they're very supportive about people riding their bikes instead of driving their cars. And I almost want to say they were a huge part in setting the tone in Fort Collins. Yeah for riding bikes. Because if you go to the city of Fort Collins, which is where New Belgium, the original New Belgium location is located, a lot of people just ride their bikes around. Yes. A lot of people just ride their bikes around. A lot of uh, Fort Collins infrastructure as well has been updated to be much more biker friendly with like more bike lanes and that kind of thing. Yeah, it has. Which is cool to see that the city followed suit. Absolutely. Provided that opportunity for, for people. And it's A nice place to ride a bike through. Definitely. Especially in the summer. Absolutely. You can go ride a bike and then sit and drink an accumulate. Well, you can't drink an accumulation IPA. You can sit and drink a Mountain Time Standard. Or a Voodoo Ranger. Or a Voodoo Ranger. Or a Dominga, Mm. which is the mimosa sour. Oh, yum. They make and it's delicious. It sounds delicious. Especially in the summer. They also have a lot of work with water and land advocacy. They have a list of their partners on their website, so you can go check that out, and then you can click on the partners and find out more about their organizations. And they're really, and this is always so important, 
they have a really strong diversity and inclusion presence in their company. And they were actually recognized as one of the best places to work for LGBTQ equality by Human Rights Campaign Foundation. Awesome. So lots of really cool things happening at New Belgium. That's really cool. Honestly, such a cool company from beginning to end. I mean, obviously, there's still a company. When I say end, I mean beginning to present time. Like the fact that this was started in somebody's basement by a couple. And now they are just a huge brewery that has contributed so much to the community. is so inspiring and amazing. I completely agree. It's a great spot. If you ever find yourself in Colorado, it's I know it's tough when you're in Denver because Fort Collins is about an hour drive. I would say an hour from Denver proper. Yeah, but if you do have a rental car, if you have access to a vehicle, I would go up there and... It's worth a stop, especially in the summer. They have such a huge patio. They always have a food truck. They have games. Take the tour, get some samples. We would highly recommend. We would. And they have fun events too. I think they have bands sometimes that go there i was there last year we did the tour for my brother's birthday and they had just this cute like little farmer's market yeah people selling i actually bought a a pair of earrings there last year so yeah just a lot of really fun things and even if you can't make it to new belgium brewery we would highly recommend you purchase some of their beer because they do distribute all across the country. Yep. Pick up a new can of fat tire. Try it out. Tell us what you think. Agreed. And keep an eye on New Belgium's website. Take a peek at New Belgium's website. When we were doing research for these episodes, we pretty much got a lot of the information directly from the website. Yeah, there was a lot of info just readily available there. They've got everything. And we could have, honestly, we could talk for another couple of hours But I would take a look at the website and do a deeper dive. And we will for sure be talking about New Belgium again in the near future. Absolutely. Now we'd like to just talk about what's going on in the world of beer. The beer news, if you will. The brew news. The brew news. Beer news. I like, yeah. Beer news. I like both. What's going on in the world of beer? What is going on? Circling all the way back to what we talked about in the beginning of the episode and briefly touched on in episode four caramelized beer night was hosted by new terrain brewery on february 1st of this year so caramelized beer night was so fun basically as i described earlier we went to New Terrain and they had a list of, I think it was four options, maybe five options. I think it was five, but one of them was out. Okay. Yeah. So four, that, essentially. That they recommended would be good beers to pair with the caramelization. And did we try all four? I think we tried three. Three. I think there was one that we did not try. Okay. Well, we tried three of the four options and all of them were very delicious. But basically, you order a full-size pour. You could also order a flight if you wanted to and have them caramelize multiple beers. But we just decided to do full-size pours. It was myself, Amy, and Amy's significant other, Kevin. And we 
didn't really know what to expect, but basically we ordered our beers. We took them outside to some fire pits that they had running, and one of the employees of Nutrain took a beer poker, which is essentially like a fire poker, but it doesn't have a pointy end on it. It just has like a, a blunt end. I would imagine that there's some... Like science, rhyme, some yeah, some rhyme it. reason science to the shape, but heated up the poker, stuck it in the beer for just a moment, and then pulled it out and really used the poker to help accentuate and grow the foam and heat up the foam, and then you basically just drank it like that. And let me just tell you that the difference, like the mouthfeel between the cold beer and the warm foam, was so cool. It was spectacular. We talked about how it was like having a warm chocolate chip cookie or brownie with ice cream. Yes, like an ice cream sandwich almost. And a couple, like like the whole goal of the caramelization is the heat caramelizes the sugars in the beer and in the foam and makes the foam a little bit sweeter. And I could definitely taste that. I could too. It was interesting because... To be honest, before we went to this event, I thought they were maybe going to have two beers to offer for the caramelization, and it was going to be a stout and a porter, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. And I was surprised to see the sour, the terra firma that I talked about earlier as the new beer that I really liked, as an option. Yes. And there was a light beer option as well that Kevin got. There was. And it was really good as well. It was... I was surprised a lot that night of just how that impacts the beer and then, you know, that it works with beers that aren't stouts and porters and kind of these heavier, maltier options. I will say that I think we kind of discovered that the maltier options such as porters and stouts kind of held the foam a little bit better than the sour did. Agreed. It seemed like the sour, like the foam dissipated a little bit quicker, but still overall, like, same effect, same kind of like cool mouthfeel of having that that warm foam and that cold beer. And 10 out of 10, I could not rant and rave about it enough, honestly. So I would highly suggest that you guys go to the next Caramelized Beer Night, which will be held on March 1st at New Terrain Brewing Company. So exciting they're doing a third one. It is so exciting. I thought we were going to have to wait like a whole another year to experience it, which is a little surprising because we talked about how I think caramelized beer night is definitely a deep winter activity. I agree. And March is a... I wouldn't really call it deep winter. March is coming out of hibernation. It's like basically spring at that point. But maybe they'll just make this like a regular rotation of their events and we can just go all the time. I hope so. Honestly, it would be fun in the summer, even though yeah. it's warm and the types of beers are a little less appealing in the summer. I mean, I'm just picturing sunset. Yeah. Doing a little bonfire action. Yeah. Maybe drinking some a more beer. on the side. Yeah. Mm. Yum. So we did a little deep dive into the history of beer poking. And it turns out that beer poking actually dates back to like over 400 years ago. It was popular in the colonial era where a combo of heat and alcohol were preferred during the cold winter. In Europe, the process of beer poking 
has a heritage that takes place in the spring when Bach beers are released. Okay. Which makes sense because those Bach beers, like, definitely a part of that thick, malty beverage that would really yield or lend itself to being caramelized. It's really surprising to me that that's, that this has been around for 400 years. Me too. I was shocked to see that. And and it's something I've never seen before. It's been around for 400 years and I literally ha- had no idea this was a thing. I thought this was revolutionary. And it turns out we talked to one of the guys at New Terrain and he said that he saw another brewery doing it like many years ago, bought his own beer poker did it in his free time and just decided to like pitch it as an idea one day. And here we are. We're about to have our third caramelized beer night. That's awesome. So Amanda and I will be in attendance and you should definitely go too because we had a great experience. Come get your beers poked. Come get your beers <laughs> poked. <laughs> Hashtag. That should be their new slogan. Yes, I agree with Come you. Come get your beers poked. Caramelized beer night. 2023. (laughs) Another interesting fact, too, is that it's rumored, so this is not confirmed, but rumored that blacksmiths came up with this method, which makes a lot of sense. Because they like sticking things. Exactly. It's interesting that they wouldn't stick a sword in there. Let's heat it up. I wonder if they did stick a sword in there. They could have, and it just Actually, they probably have all kinds of, like, tools and pokey things, so. True. Probably not swords. I thought it was really cool. That was really cool. Yeah. The definition of a fun fact. Yes. And essentially, as Amanda said, what is happening there is it caramelizes the residual malt sugars. So it changes the flavor of the beer. And then you also get that hot foam while the beer remains cold. Yeah. It's yummy. Mm. Mm. Can't wait. Yes. We're very excited. We are very excited. Woo! You can hear the excitement in our voice, right? (laughs) February is kind of an unofficial national stout month which is pretty cool that actually was started here in colorado at the mountain sun pub and brewery in boulder which scubbs woo um i went to see boulder and i love the mountain sun i love the southern sun I love, I think it's called Under the Sun. There's like a little downstairs I think you're right. pub that's really cool. Uh, they're all a conglomerate of restaurants, mostly centered in Boulder. They actually do have one restaurant in Longmont, and they also have another restaurant that sadly has not reopened since COVID called Vine Street, which is down here in Denver. Oh. I honestly don't even know if they still have the space. I was trying to do some research, and on their Google, like, profile it just says uh preparing to reopen stay tuned but they've been preparing to reopen for like two years now that's a bummer that might just be one of those covid casualties that we may never get back but the mountain sun pub and brewery was where stout month began basically they have always just brewed a ton of stouts during the month of february The Mountain Sun Brewing Team has brewed over 265 barrels of stout beers for Stout Month 2023 that they are going to distribute between their four locations, four locations that are open. Okay. So if you like stouts and you want some variety, I would highly suggest if you find yourself on your way to Fort Collins, take a little detour. 
and head up Boulder. And head up Boulder. It's kind of on the way, but like not really on the way at all. But north of Denver, if you find yourself in the Boulder area or the Longmont area, definitely hit up the Mountain Sun Pub and Brewery or the Southern Sun or Under the Sun and try out one of their delicious stouts. They always have just like the craziest options. Like usually they always have like a Girl Scout cookie themed stouts. I... I went several years ago. Like, I'm talking, I'm freshly 21 when this happened, so I don't really remember what exactly I got, but I went to Vine Street, and I got a flight of stouts, and they were all so different and so interesting. That sounds so good. And kind of the thing that I would really enjoy getting into stouts, not that I'm not already into stouts, but again, as we've talked about before, sometimes it feels like IPAs or sours, and that's it. Yeah. And... I am really trying to explore more options that breweries give out. And I think like a flight of stouts could be really yeah, fun. A, a good way to just like dip your toes in many different types of stouts. You know, you could try an imperial stout and a barrel aged stout or just like a, like a milk stout, that kind of thing. I think that sounds great. The various types of stouts. And uh, I'm really going off course here because this is like something we do at the beginning of the episode but I do have a second beer a new beer that I tried recently yes that I loved so it was at Ohm Brewing Mm. located in Golden Colorado Mm -hmm. and they have a Mexican chocolate stout oh yum and I tried it last Sunday and it was so tasty that sounds really tasty it was smooth and it had that little spice kick that a Mexican hot chocolate would have yum but it wasn't overly spicy or overly you know cinnamon flavored or anything like that so would highly recommend for stout month check out own brewing and golden and and get yourself a mexican chocolate stout that's really cool yeah okay it's fun that it was kind of like founded here in colorado you know Mm -hmm. craft brew central if you will and i didn't know that i didn't know that national stout month was founded in colorado i didn't know either the things we learn. The things we learn for you, for you guys. It's all for you. <laughs> it's all for you. And we love it, honestly. We do. So one other kind of last news story. This one's really interesting. So anybody who loves craft beer typically knows about the beer that I'm going to mention. I mean, if you're a craft brew lover, you have had to have heard of Pliny the Younger or yes. Pliny the Elder. Well, they come from Russian River Brewing Company in California. And something really interesting that's happening, it's actually the eighth annual time that this is happening. So basically, an event called All Hopped Up for a Cure that starts on February 16th. And essentially, it's Elite Brands of Colorado, which is beverage and liquor procurement company. They partner with Sense of Security, which is a Denver, Colorado nonprofit. And their mission is to help Colorado breast cancer patients survive financially um, while they undergo treatment, which is really, really important. That's an amazing cause. It is. And I feel like so much money when it comes to cancer-related nonprofits is put into research. And and I'm saying not saying that that's bad. I think that's great. I think that's super helpful. But it is cool to have one that's helping people that are currently going through it that are living through it that i mean cancer treatment is really expensive 
It is. So really, really good mission. And we'll also link them on our Instagram. But what they do is starting February 16th at a selection of Summit County breweries and restaurants, they have Pliny the Younger IPA. They purchase it from Russian River Brewing Company and they just have a small amount and portion of sales from Pliny the Younger will go to Sense of Security. That's awesome. So really cool cause. They did mention that it goes fast. So I would recommend getting there as close to the 16th as you can yeah. because they they mentioned that it's possible it might even go within that day. That's wild. So. <laughs> that is a testament to the cause, but also to the cult following of the Pliny series. Absolutely. People go feral. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's crazy. So if you happen to be skiing this weekend, maybe stop into one of these breweries and order yourself a nice tall glass of Pliny the Younger. We would recommend it. And we'll put the link in for that article, talking a little bit more about the event. And just kind of as a quick mention as well, last year they raised $10,000 for Sense of Security. So really cool. We would recommend participating if you are able. So we have a new new section, a new... A new... A new... A new... Selection. A new selection, a new feature on our flight list. I like that. For the organization of the episode that we are going to call What's Tappening? And it's as it sounds. What is tappening? What are the new beers that are being tapped? You know, we love a play on words. Kudos to Amy for coming up with that genius. Genius. Thank you. Combination. So, so Amy, what is happening? What are you excited about? We've got some really fun ones. So when we do this segment, we're going to try and provide a selection of breweries. So breweries that are central, so like Denver area or the suburbs of Denver, something that's north, something that's south, you know, just so everybody kind of has access to at least one of these breweries if we can. So we've got a couple, and honestly, we could even mention more, but Little Machine, which is located in Denver, Colorado, it's actually, I would say it's the closest brewery to Mile High Stadium. Yes, it's super close. It is, and it's a great spot to go to anytime, but before or after Broncos games. Yeah. I mean, it's hopping, obviously, but they have a lot of fun options. They've got, you know, really cute outdoor space, and they are tapping a vintage MIG-21 barrel-aged imperial stout. Mm. So this was actually brewed in December 2017, uh, and it was aged for 10 months in a blend of Woodford Reserved Double Oak and Woodford Reserve Rye Barrels. Yum. So very tasty. I'm sure they will have a limited amount, but if you are in the Denver area, we would recommend go checking that out. Yeah. And... Kind of close to Denver as well. Uh, this one's located in Broomfield. We've talked about it before. Four Noses. They uh, just tapped, and they also have it in cans. It's called You Grow Girl, and it's a cherry limeade gosa. Yum. And kind of what I got from their Instagram is that they were releasing it for Galentine's Day. Oh, that's fun. Which, happy Galentine's happy Day, Amanda. Happy Galentine's Day. We're recording I, this on February 13th. We are. So pretty cool, pretty fun. I think they had some events today to celebrate. Cool that and or maybe even this weekend to celebrate Galentine's Day. So that one sounds pretty tasty as well and and an option for maybe somebody who's not as into 
the thick beers, the high IBUs, yeah. you know, something sweet and drinkable, crushable for mm-hmm. you and your gals. Absolutely. New Terrain, they came out with the Terra Firma version 28. Yum. So I have a feeling that this is replacing the Terra Firma that I had. Because on their website, it says that the Terra Firma that I had is leaving soon. And this one just popped in on the menu. And it's a pomegranate rosemary old-fashioned sour. Sounds crazy, but I want to try it. I do too. I hope it lasts until March 1st. I really do too. I would like to try that caramelized. Yes. I almost wonder if they will offer it as a caramelized option. I hope so. Mm. Otherwise, I might just need to go buy some and then get a beer poker and... Do it yourself. Fire up the fountains. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, we might have to go to New Train before March 1st just to try this. (sighs) Poor us. Oh, (laughs) darn. I have to drive to Golden (laughs) to visit my best friend. I know. (laughs) Oh, there are worse things, I guess. And Go Patch, which is located in Colorado Springs, they are tapping an apricot stout, which sounds really interesting. It does sound really interesting. Because when I think of stouts, I think of chocolate, caramel, coffee. I don't think of fruit. Yeah. You know what, honestly, I think would be really good? And maybe this is a little... Maybe somebody can steal this and make this for us. Have you ever had one of those... Is, is it Terry's? Those Terry's oranges? Oh, yeah. That are like chocolate and orange? We actually would get that for Christmas. I That is my favorite chocolate. And I usually allow myself to buy... At least one, sometimes more like two or three during Christmas time. Because, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh. I have so many nostalgic memories eating Terry's chocolate oranges, but I usually only allow myself to have one or two every year because it's really easy to get carried away. I could see that. That, a chocolate orange stout. Mm. I bet this apricot stout is really good. I bet it is. Yeah. Kind of have that citrusy. Well, I guess apricot's more stone fruit, but that combined with a chocolate kind of creamy mm. flavor Lindsay, go check this out and try it for us yes <laughs> Lindsay, please do that one of our best friends is in colorado springs and if you are north you can check out loveland aleworks they have a cold double ipa that's tapping mm, yum so lots of good options no matter where you are in the state maybe we'll get to a point where we're talking about beers in other states that are tapping uh but for right now we're gonna Keep gonna it, keep it local. Gonna keep it local. Yeah, that kind of wraps it up. We're we're really curious, kind of bringing it back to the topic of the episode. We really want to know: Have you tried the new fat tire? If so, what are your thoughts? Have you compared it to the old fat tire? We're we're curious, and we also, given that it's National Stout Month, we want to know what your favorite stout is. Yes, please let us know. You can contact us in a few ways. One, the easiest way would be to go follow us on Instagram. We, for every episode that we post, we also post at least one, sometimes two or three correlating photos that kind of go along with what we talked about during the episode and kind of give you an insight into like what we're seeing, like cans, that kind of thing. Our Instagram handle is beer underscore this underscore podcast. If you want, you can also email us at beer this podcast at gmail.com that's beer this podcast all lowercase all one word at gmail.com if you have any long thoughts that are too long to put in an instagram comment that would be the best way to contact us but yeah honestly 
This has been a wonderful episode. I got to I relive Caramelized Beer Night, which was magical. It was so good. Got to learn about New Belgium, which is just honestly such an amazing company. And we, I know we've ranted and raved so much about them in the last two episodes. You seriously have like almost two hours of content of us just being stoked about them as a company, but they truly are a wonderful organization that are doing are. a lot for the community and for their employees. And it's just really amazing and refreshing to see a company that really cares about w- their impact on this planet. It is. And I find that as I get older, I am conscious about the companies I support and I want to support a company that has similar values and mindset as New Belgium. So absolutely. I feel good about spending my money here. Yeah, I do too. And we recommend that you spend your money there. Yes, absolutely. Without further ado, (laughs) please remember to drink responsibly. As we are enjoying a nice beverage here, we want to make sure that you are also enjoying a nice beverage, but not overindulging. Please don't drink and drive. Be safe out there. And until next time, we will see you later this month for some more beer and excitement. Agreed. All right. Cheers, you guys. Cheers. Cheers. We're going to edit that out. Sorry. Uh, No, I don't think we should. Just trying to be silly. Trying to keep the energy up, you know? Woo! And kind of going off of new terrain... We would really like to know what your favorite climate changing organization is. Yeah. Because New Train does so much work with climate change and. Do you mean New Belgium? Fudgesicles. <laughs> <laughs> I do mean New Belgium. Thank you. I don't know if you know this, but Amy's favorite brewery is New Train. It's so bad. And it like bleeds into her every thought sometimes and it's okay new belgium this I is a formal for apology <laughs> i'm so sorry for calling you new terrain uh, six times this episode God. and that's like not even counting the last episode it's so funny